hello. This is a pastor's newspaper with Dr. Castro, a podcast helping you read the news with the, with the Bible in your hand. I am Dr. Castro, and it's great to be with you. Uh, just got back from a trip to Central America, and we'll be talking about Central America today. Uh, I thought it would be appropriate because um, Guatemala, where I went, um, has just um, had their uh, election, their presidential election, and they're about to enter into a runoff in August. And so we're going to talk about about their election. Um, it was in The Economist today. And we want to talk about uh, Latin America, uh, politically, what's been going on there over the last little bit, um, just to kind of catch you up on some things. Um, it's the summer here in Memphis, so it's gotten really, really hot. And thankfully, we do have a pool in our backyard, but we're struggling to get the chemicals just right. So um, my wife told me today that the pool is perfect and and really ready to to enjoy and to swim. So looking forward to taking advantage of that this summer. I uh, hope you have some summer plans coming up. I know uh, holidays are coming upon us. Fourth uh, of July is next week. Um, our church here is giving a lot of the staff the whole week off, so that's kind of great. We have some friends coming in town from Evansville, so we're looking forward to spending time with them and mostly spending time in the pool, most likely since it'll be really hot. Um, but I uh, hope you have had time to just uh, rest and take vacations and um, just kind of rest up before starting back in the fall with work and school and all the other um, um, busy things that life bring us in the fall and the winter and the spring. It's so nice to have just a a time of year where things kind of slow down. For many people, it really doesn't slow down. I feel like the summer can be just as just as crammed and busy as the rest of the year, um, with um, trips and um, camps. Uh, of course, we're going to have church, VBS. There's a lot of things that go on in the summer, especially in June. So, looking forward for July, kind of slowing some slowing down a little bit. But uh, like I said before, um, just got back from. Uh, Guatemala on a mission trip, and that was such a wonderful opportunity. I've never been uh, to Latin America, especially to Central America, even though my last name is Castro. Uh, my family is from Puerto Rico, um, but I have never been to the to the region, and so um, it was great to be able uh, to take part in that. Uh, it's a mission trip that our church here at Central has been taking since the 80s, and so it's been a, a long-term partnership with Impacto Ministry and Pastor Luis. Uh, and his team, and so they are. They have a ministry um, that they've. That they have these branches of of, of ministry uh, of feeding um, the the children um, throughout Guatemala, and also the they call them abuelitos. It's the Mayan uh, senior adult or elderly who are not taken care of very well by their families, and so we feed them and give them some Bible uh, teaching. And we also did that with the children. And uh, so it was a very sweet, sweet time um, of ministry with children. Um, and they, what they do is they plan a church um, to go along with the Happy Tummies ministry. And it's a way to kind of, um, as they reach the children, reach the families and, and getting them involved in the life of the church. So very, very sweet strategy um, and very interested in, in what they're doing there. And um, it was great to have the opportunity to see what they're doing. Um, if you do go to Central Church, uh, I would encourage you to kind of put next summer's trip on your on your schedule uh, to be a part of. It is a family mission trip, um, and so my daughter Maggie came with us. It was her first time being um, on a mission trip. She has been overseas. She's been to Singapore, uh, Indonesia with us on, on a trip to visit my, my parents when they lived there. 
But um, so I got to spend a time just enjoying my fellowship with my with my daughter, and also with dear dear friends. And so um, we uh, we had a great time. We also did some. I did some pastoral training with some Guatemalan pastors, and we taught them hermeneutics. Um, and so that was an uh, just an amazing opportunity to be able to teach dear brothers who are ministering um, to, in these churches. Uh, how to understand the Bible and how to teach it properly. So uh, that was great. And they had other questions about just practical ministry that we were able to answer and just to fellowship with them and pray over them um, and celebrate their accomplishments. Uh, It was such a great thing. I love um, training pastors. It was actually one of the things that um, persuaded me um, to get my doctorate, even though I didn't do it on, on pastoral training, that's what I was initially going to do it on, eventually wrote it on church planning. Um, but, um, so yeah, it was kind of a, a great opportunity for me to be able to, to live out a, a little bit of a, a, a dream of, of training pastors. So, so yeah, so that was, that was a trip. We, we had a lot of fun with our team. Our team was great. It was probably one of my, um, one of the highlights of the trip was just spending time with, um, central people who came on the trip um and a few of us um would stay up pretty late playing cards and that was was a lot of fun we laughed and drank way too much coffee um if you don't know much about guatemala it produces great coffee and avocados and bananas and all different kinds of fruit but a lot of coffee beans a lot of coffee plants that are grown and harvested and eventually sold uh probably to the coffee that you drink in the states um, and so drank way too much coffee, stayed up way too late, and we had a, uh, the trip was basically perfect in every way. Uh, we had no hiccups until we were on our way back, and we flew out of Guatemala, got to Miami, and our flight got canceled in Miami late. We were kind of waiting around, and it got canceled, so we de- decided to rent vans and drive all the way back from Miami to Memphis, which is about 14-hour drive. Um, the reason why we decided to drive back was they were going to put us on a flight until Monday. So we were going to have to wait around for more than a day and a half just to wait to get on a flight. And we were going to have to fly through Dallas. So it probably take it up the whole day on Monday. So really not getting back until Tuesday. And that just was way too late. And so we were itching to get back home. So we drove all the way back. That was eh, an adventure, to say the least. But uh, God brought us through it. Made us. We got home. And I look forward to uh, further ministry in Guatemala. But with that being said, with that trip, um, also got to uh, watch um, kind of from afar, uh, my Tennessee Vols make the College World Series. They did win a game in the World Series. They beat Stanford, but they had a difficulty beating uh, LSU, who ended up winning the national championship. Uh, so it doesn't, you know, losing to the best team isn't uh, something to to cry about, it's a good accomplishment, to make the World Series, it's difficult to get there. College baseball is, especially the the kind of the tournament, is very exciting and, and uh, very entertaining, and um, it's, uh, it would be kind of a cool thing to do is to go uh, to Omaha or just go to like one of the super regionals or regionals in the future. So, um, so yeah, so it's been good to be back from Guatemala, good to, to do this podcast with you. And again, I want to talk about uh, two things, like I said before. We're going to talk about Guatemala's election. Um, it happened on Sunday, but there's still 
basically counting votes, but they're um, basically a candidate has to get to 50% plus one vote to be able to win. And so if they if a candidate doesn't fa- if, if a candidate fails to get to that 50 plus threshold, then they have a runoff. And interesting enough, while we were there, they were prepping for the election uh, as we were driving through Guatemala City, which is the capital, we noticed um, a lot of campaign signs and billboards and posters across the city, Um, really all the way down. We we drove about three plus hours, I guess, to San San Juan. Um, It's it's on a kind of a mountain, a mountainous area of Guatemala. There's a massive lake that um, was a crater um, because there's volcanoes in the area. And um, we um, the, actually the deepest lake in Central America is about a thousand feet deep, um, and just a beautiful area of the country that we got to spend time in. And um, so you and actually where we stayed, uh, we stayed kind of in a compound with like a courtyard, and they had this outdoor um, venue in the court in the in the courtyard of the of the complex, and they had an election meeting. So basically, people working the polls. They had an information meeting um, leading up to the election on the 25th of June. Um, so there was about 20 plus candidates that ran, and two candidates uh, reached enough votes to be put in a runoff. And again, they didn't get a lot. So the first is Sandra Sandra Torres. She's the former first lady. Um, and actually, she's been a politician and was removed for corruption charges. And we're going to get into more about Guatemala's kind of issues with corruption in their government. But she received 16% of the vote. Um, and then the second uh, candidate is Bernardo um, Arevalo, received 12% of the vote. He's a part of the Similia party, which is translate seed party it's a young progressive party um and he is actually the son of the first democratic president of guatemala juan jose arevalo um the party that bernardo arevalo is a part of familia for familia party uh has actually um increased its number of lawmakers in congress from seven to 23 it's the third biggest party in guatemala um and it's it's a, a party that is against corruption. It's an anti-corruption party, and so they see Bernardo's second place in the election as progress, as a seed of hope, and maybe he would win the uh, the runoff against Sandra Torres. And like I said before, she is favored by the by the political, military, and business elites. Um, and but it is again, like I said, it's a seed of hope and progress that Bernardo has done well, and he may actually win the election. Um, one of the issues with Guatemala, as I was reading and, and getting prepared for this podcast, is that many of the people in, this, in the country do not uh, trust their government. They don't tr- trust the the election system. Uh, only about 11 to 12 percent of Guatemalans voted in the election of a population of 17.6 million. 
Um, so not very many people voted. Um, mo- a lot of people even uh, cast a ballot for no one as a mockery of the system. This is the most populous country in Central America. Guatemala City is the largest uh, city in Central America. And Guatemala has has really kind of fallen the, 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 the pattern of their neighboring nations in Central America, which is somewhat crowded with with authoritarian dictatorships like Daniel Ortega uh, in Nicaragua, who crushes opposition. Uh, El Salvador, uh, Nayev Bakela, uh, their, their president has control of all three branches of the state. Um, and Honduras's um, former president, Juan Orlando Hernandez, was just extradited to the United States on drug trafficking charges, um, and in 2019, which kind of like kind of started this with Guatemala when their um, democracy and their their political system started to go downhill, was when Jimmy Morales Morel Morales Jimmy Morales was the president, and he closed down the UN-backed anti-corruption body, um, and and so sent out. Um, UN support against anti-corruption. Former President um, Alejandro Gamamedi, um, who is actually the current president, um, has threatened the courts, has threatened journalists. Uh, they jailed just recently Jose Ruben Zamora, who is a prominent investigative journalist who was jailed for multi- multiple years in prison. Um, and so Guatemala has kind of entered into a, um, a season where uh, people do not trust the government. Uh, oppositions are, are being jailed. Um, the people uh, of Guatemala, the World Bank, estimates that more than half of Guatemalans live below the national poverty line. Um, and for most people see, and even outsiders see that if Sandra Torres wins the election, that nothing will really change. More corruption will happen in the country. Um, but if Bernardo, um, if Bernardo wins the, the election, Revelo, if he wins the election, they see this as a seed of hope, that there's change coming to Guatemala, that uh, corruption will be dealt with, that there will be a, a new season of, of, of transparency and justice and fairness in the country. And, uh, and again, it's interesting because his father was the first democratic president of Guatemala. Um, and so when we think about governments, when we think about it from a Christian perspective, um, it, we, we want, um, we want nations to have fair governments Uh, We want governments to be transparent. We want opposition to be able to to speak uh, freely against the government. Um, And it's for the benefit of the people when corruption is identified and that people are brought to justice, even if they are those in power. There's no point of having a democracy if people can abuse the system for their own gain. Uh, The purpose... And, and the heart of a democracy is that that's the powers in the people, um, that they 
bring a checks and balance and control to those in authority, those who are in higher office. So we should want this. We should pray for this. And Central America is full of countries that do not have this. Um, and we think about even our Christian brothers. When we think about churches there. It's it's also in it's also better for them when governments are um, not full of corruption, when they provide security for people as they as they drive to church or as they walk to church. So there's no threat of of murder or threat of 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 robbery um, as they go off to church after off the church. Also, it's you know important that people be able to take care of their families and be able to work and and start businesses. That there's not a corruption within that system. Um, you know when we think about even the, when we think about globalization, um, I do see some some I see a nation like Guatemala being a nation that companies from America or or Canada could invest. There, they can build factories. They can build places to, to manufacture, so that people can be employed, so that people can make uh, a living. They can more than fifty percent of the people, um, wouldn't live under the poverty line, um, so that that they can feed their families and and be able to, um, have proper clothing, and and proper medicine and hygiene. Um, all these things are, are good for people. It's good for their health. It actually helps with peace as well when people are able to work. Crime is higher in areas where there's there's high unemployment. Um, when and, and you get this in a lot of areas of the world where there's young men who are not working. They tend to get into crime. Um, and again, a, a nation full of crime doesn't allow for the freedom of of, of proclaiming um, the gospel freely among the on the on the markets on the markets and on the streets and, and places of business um, so that church can can invite people into into the church for worship. Um, the government helps provide uh, safety for all these activities that the church does. And so it's not just something that we ignore. We, we want to, we hope that Bernardo um, Arvella, Ar, Ar, Arvello, if he were to win, that he would be a, a fair president that would bring into corruption and that we would see peace in Guatemala and that the church would flourish in that context. Moving on to um, other parts of Latin America, one of the other um, issues in Latin America is the emergence of China in the region. Uh, China has in, invested billions of dollars in different parts of the world, and they're starting to invest significantly in Latin America. Um, annual trade between China and Latin America increased to $445 billion this past year. Uh, the Chinese government has invested $130 billion in Latin American governments. Um, they are pumping billions of dollars into the region, mainly in energy and mining. Um, more than 21 Latin American and Caribbean countries have signed on to China's Belt and Road Initiative, which is a massive global uh, infrastructure building spree. And you'll see this all over the world. Yeah, they are doing it in Nepal, where they're building uh, highways and roads for these, uh, these governments. Um, and so they're starting to do this in Latin America. We're building infrastructure projects for Latin American countries, bridges and roads in particular. 
Um, they're investing into in, in areas of mining um, and energy. And so China is is investing in building ports. There's a port in Lima, near Lima, Peru, that they're building a, a massive uh, port there. Um, and the fear is that they're going to use the, the port for military ends, that they're going to bring in ships and, and other military equipment. Um, we already know just recently it's been announced that uh, the Chinese government has um, placed uh, spy uh, spying um, technology in in the nation of Ch- in Cuba uh, to spy on the United States, um, and and so the the fear is that this isn't just simply uh, you know Venezuela or Cuba. This is a lot of twenty one Latin American countries in Korea that the Chinese government is investing in. Um, and this is not just simply like, again, like I said, it's not just like Venezuela, it's not just Cuba, it's not even just, um, you know, left-wing, communist-leaning um, politician within Latin America, even populist candidates as well, uh, some more conservative candidates are also supporting um, the Chinese and their initiative in Central America, countries like El Salvador, Ecuador, Panama, and Costa Rica are all um, developing partnerships with the Chinese government. The Chinese government is investing in the nation. They're uh, building petrochemical um, um, infrastructure near ports, power stations, and chemical plants um, in Latin America. And China is continuing to have ambitions in the region. And one of the areas that um, South America is is abundant in, in is mil- miner- minerals for lithium batteries and copper and other things to use for green uh, green energy. And of course, that's the that's the coming boom with electric cars um, is batteries. And so the lithium materials to build. Uh, these batteries that will be uh, pretty much mainstream in the coming years. Um, and so one of the things, again, uh, you know, it's one thing when the Chinese are investing in, Vin- in, in Vietnam or areas of Asia. It's another thing when they're investing uh, mightily in Latin America. This is at the doorstep of the United States. You know, I've been saying this, uh, maybe not on this podcast, but in other, other um, forums that the um, U.S. better... <laughs> It better get off its 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 butt and start investing around the world. Um, I know the U.S. has domestic problems. I know that they have areas of, of issues uh, domestically, but it cannot isolate itself from the rest of the world. It has to be involved. That's one of the issues that I have with Ron DeSantis as, as candidacy for presidency. Is he said something similar? Said something about isolating uh, the U.S. from the Ukraine Russia um, conflict. The U.S. has to be involved. It has to be um, primarily involved. They have to be a leader of the European force uh, nations in the, in the issue of Ukraine and Russia. And the same with China, to be a, a balance against China, because the Chinese government is not a government of uh, a government by the people and for the people. It's not selling liberty. It's not selling freedom. It's not selling uh, democracy. It's not. It's a... It's an authoritarian government that controls every aspect of people's lives. There's cameras everywhere. There's no freedom. There's no freedom of worship. And that gets back to 
why it's important for us as Christians, why it's important for the United States to invest in Central America and Latin America is because if the Chinese continue to influence that world, it will influence it in the way that they see the world, which is control. There is no freedom of religion in China. The church is not free to gather and to worship. And we do not want that to happen in Central America. We do not want that to happen throughout South America. We have to be a, a, a light to the rest of the world. That freedom is better. That a government that gives freedom to its people, freedom to assemble, freedom to press, freedom of speech, uh, freedom, to, uh, uh, to freedom of religion. These are all very important things um, that we need to be promoting around the world. Um, and one of the things that the Chinese government is doing quite brilliantly is to is helping people build these nations build infrastructure. I mean, the U.S. has a difficulty passing infrastructure bills on their own uh, for our own country, and yet we're allowing the Chinese to build infrastructure for other countries. Um, we should be the ones building roads, building schools around the world. We should be investing um, and building mining and chemical plants and ports for Peru and, and Guatemala and other, other nations in Latin America. Um, we have a long history in Latin America. The U.S. is, is very much been involved in Latin America. Um, we have been, you know, we, for a long time we fought a, a war against drugs in Central America and, and Latin America. We are very much invested in the area. We have been for a long period of time, and we cannot give up that investment and allow, allow the Chinese to become the primary influencers in Latin America. Um, this is, you know, as we think about the church's mission in Latin America, again, I, you know, it's interesting, again, like I said, it's my first time being down there, and um, there's some, it, it's close, it was a very easy flight to get down there, um, unlike going to like nations like Nepal or China, which is a very long, difficult travel, this is an easy travel. Uh, the language is so much more, uh, you know, there's a similarity, a higher knowledge of, of Spanish in the United States because we learn it in school, we're around it more often, there's just, we catch more Spanish, and so the, even the language barrier is less lessened in Central, uh, Central uh, Latin America. And, um, and so I think it's important for the church to continue to the American church continue to invest in Latin America, sending missionaries, sending teams, sending resources and money, planning churches, supporting ministries like Impacto, because I think um, there's so many it, it, there's so many pros. There's a need. Um, it's it's much easier from a logistics standpoint than other parts of the world. Not to say we should abandon the rest of the world. I just think we should not pull back our investment in in the region and, and seeing the gospel go forth in Central and Latin, in South America, throughout the Latin American world. Um, so again, you know, it was a, a great opportunity to, to go down to Guatemala and um, I look forward to hopefully going back again. And uh, hopefully you would take, uh, if your church provides an opportunity for you to go, you should consider going. I met a lovely lady on the airplane. She'd been multiple times. 
uh, to Guatemala. My aunt has actually been to Guatemala quite often. Um, so just to kind of meet these these saints who have gone down year after year and investing in that area with their time and their money um, and their hearts. Um, so I want to encourage you to, you know, if mission seems like a difficult thing for you to kind of to do, if it just seems like, oh, travel and, and the difficulty of, of, of just um, going somewhere where there's a language barrier, Guatemala or, or anywhere in the Latin American world is such a f- great first step into missions. Uh, I want to encourage you to do that, and um, uh, I think you'll be very much blessed by that. Uh, hope to maybe be back um, probably next week, but the week after with another, with another podcast of a pastor in his newspaper. Uh, we'll uh, look forward to, to getting into some other issues that are happening. I know the the Iowa caucus has kind of gotten going and people are, uh, have been uh, going there and um, starting to campaign in that state. Um, but um, uh, other issues, uh, really like to get to AI. I haven't really gotten to that issue, that area issue yet. And so I look forward to maybe um, uh, talking about some of the, the issues with artificial intelligence. And, um, um, and so, um, Hope you have a wonderful 4th of July and um, have a wonderful time. Be safe with the fireworks. Um, This has been a Pastor's Newspaper and hope you continue to read the news with the Bible in your hand. Have a good week.